It is 24 minutes after the hour here on the Drug Large Radio Show. And the uh, chocolate's starting to kick in. <laughs> I do nurse that chocolate bar that I get from Jim Gadet all week, don't I? A little bit here, a little bit there. Keeps my sunny disposition. We're pleased to be joined by Hillsborough County Attorney Dennis Hogan this morning. Dennis brought to us by Manchester Mayor Ted Gatsis. He says the city's on the move. And there is a renaissance afoot. He's harnessed a 12-point plan that builds on that energy. Among them, taxes and spending. The mayor says he's vetoed 16 massive budget or tax inc- or spending increases, and he will continue to do so if reelected. He pledges to veto any budget that breaks the city's tax cap. Learn more at tedgatsis.com slash plan. That's tedgatsis.com slash plan. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning. Good to have you. Thank you. So, Dennis, as you know, I contacted you about an article that ran in the Union Leader last week where um, someone of unknown status, we don't know if they're immigrants, legal, illegal, refugee, whatever the case is, because the article didn't go there. Right. And and that's a good point. Neither do, I, We don't know either. Ahmed Abukar. Yeah. Now, why would the county attorney's office not know the immigration status of well, we stopped, someone it was prosecuting? First of all, we don't, we don't really ask. It's not... Im- we're going to prosecute somebody regardless of what their status is. So we get sometimes defense attorneys saying, telling us what the what the status is. Oh, listen, if you prosecute this guy and he gets a felony, he's going to get thrown out of the country. And we say we don't care. We don't we don't need to know that. If he did a felony and we we would prosecute somebody who's a local, then we're going to prosecute this guy as a local. And if that if that results in him getting thrown out of the country, that's right. That's not our. Purview, and well, so we don't try not to take certain things into consideration. That's one of them. Okay, now let me, so before, before we get on to this matter at hand, because I, I really don't know how this works, it would seem to me that the county attorney, and, and I don't know if this is by law, by policy, by practice, but it seems to me that knowing somebody's uh, immigration status in prosecution of a crime, particularly a felony, would be a irrelevant piece of information to a case. So why doesn't the county attorney's office ask about their about their status? Why is it not relevant to in my the mind? It's because it's opening up to to them saying, "Oh, don't be hard on him," because he's you know he's got this certain status that might get him thrown out of the country. If he did, if if we can prosecute him for certain things. We should prosecute him for certain things. So you have on the no, other hand, you, you know, have, you have no interaction with ICE. You don't say, "Hey, we've got someone here." Oh, who- we do, we do. But uh, if if we know what the status is, if we ha- if we end up knowing what it is, we'll let them know that we've got somebody that they would be interested in. Um, so, um, what if you convict somebody of a felony and that the, felon- ICE is look? It's the federal government who's looking to what is going on in the courts to find out who the people are that they're interested in. And okay. So that's how we find out when they when they're coming to us and saying, you know, we're interested in this guy. Oh, okay, we're totally cooperative. We're so not, you're saying uh, the federal government is monitoring the cases that happen in county courthouses across the country? I don't know if it's across the country, but I've speaking, I've spoken to the people here and they and they watch what's going on. They they do. So how do how do they know that there's somebody of interest in the in the court system? Well, the court system is of course completely public. So they can go and look at a list in the. Well, I mean, that's a simple way. They may have a, another way, but you can see if you show up at the courthouse any morning, you can just look at a list and see all the names on it, and they can say, "That's a name we're interested in." There we go. And so they'll find out about it. Really? So you're saying that they know who's in the country? 
I, I can't say what they know. <laughs> right. Cause, so it, I can say that anybody can go to the courthouse and find out who's on the list that day. Right. So why not have a policy? Uh, and I don't know if there's a, a legal issue here, but why not have a policy as the county attorney that says when we have someone who is not of legal status, we notify ICE that they are being prosecuted here in Hillsborough County. Oh, we would if we knew. Yeah. But you don't ask. And you tell the defense attorneys you don't want to know. No, we don't tell them we don't want to know. But if they, if they tell us, then, then we know. Right. And so if you it's, find out, just then that, you report. What's that? If you find so – because this whole thing about law enforcement yeah, – they, They've given us a number that we can call and say, you know, his, his, they being somebody. What, ICE? ICE, yeah. Right. Sure. So, but, so I guess as a matter of practice, why doesn't, why doesn't your office determine the, the, the legal status of anybody it's prosecuting? Oh, because most people are legal. Because most people are yeah. legal, I, you know. Yeah. Well, this it's, guy. Abukar. I mean, that's yeah. So let's, let's let's. I don't know. I don't know whether whether this guy is what his sta- what his his status is, but I know that he's here in in our under our jurisdiction, and we want to treat him as if he's always been under our jurisdiction. He's always going to be under our jurisdiction. We don't want to just depend on ICE is going to throw him out and not do something, and we don't want you know so. We're going to deal with him as if he's always going to be. And just like you do with a kid in the, in the public schools. If they show up and they're illegal, you don't say, hey, we're not going to educate you because the kid may end up being here for his whole life, right? So you want to make sure he's educated. And so you take him through the whole system like you would anybody else. And I don't think your school asks whether the kids are legal status or not legal status. No, they show I, up at the door and you say, yeah. well, we want to make sure that kid's educated. Come on in, we'll yeah. educate you. And this guy shows up in our purview and we want to make sure he's punished and given and sent on a, a course of rehabilitation and gets what anybody else would get. And if that gets him thrown out of the country, that's a different issue for him. And that's for ICE's issue. So right. that's, that's, what, that's how we're trying to deal with it. Well, now you mentioned punished. And the, the thing that, you know, the thing that, um, and Dennis, I've long been a supporter of yours. You know that. Thanks. And, uh, you know, it, generally thinking, speaking, I think you've done a good job as the Hillsborough County attorney. But when I see quotes like, what we're trying to do with this sentence is give him a path forward to good behavior while keeping him on a short leash. Right. I, Which I is a restating I, of what I just said, I, right? I, but I kind of lose my mind because I, I, I take a look at a prosecutorial system, whether that, first of all, it troubles me that we don't know whether or not this guy, he's got some kind of immigration status. We know that from the news report itself. Right. What that status is, nobody's telling us, which leads me to conclude it's very possible that he's uh, either here illegally or he's here as some kind of a refugee, and nobody wants to, you know... You, you That's can't. what I got, because he's 19 years old, so I assumed he was a refugee along with his mother after reading the, um, right. after reading the article. So, but, what, what is this idea? And, that, you know, I don't want to be in the, in the position of defending him. What he did was wrong, and he's on our list of people to prosecute right, so, and get a punishment. So someday the punishment's going to be over, and so what we think about is, well, okay, if you know, you well, can the send only time him, you can put him in jail, in- that's a punishment, that's great. And then what happens after that? How, how is he? How are? How is he going to behave? How is are things that are, you know, within is the underlying problem with this kid going to be uh, dealt with? And so that's why we, you know, we entered into negotiations to get, try to get the things that we think are important, which is you know some treatment for what. The, what his real underlying problem is, and you know, which is of course some medical things, so, and so we don't, we're not experts on it, but that's the kind of thinking that we have, and and we have that kind of thinking whether the guy's name is Ahmed or the guy's name is John. Well, okay, but 
I don't think if this guy's name were John that the laundry list of charges that have been brought against him dropped, otherwise massaged, would lead to the oh, only okay. time that he spent in jail. Again, being, I don't, I don't want to defend no, no, him. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. The only time that he's uh, let, you know, spent in jail has been the time that he's uh, spent there awaiting a trial. I, and so I take a look at this, and I'm, I'm, I'm banging my head flat going, why aren't uh, – wh- if this were a white guy doing this stuff to harass women and assault them and everything else, he probably would be in the clink for years on, on the felony charges. And instead, we've got this African refugee kid or whatever he is sliding through the system, assaulting women. And everybody's like, well, you know, we, we have to we have to encourage him toward good behavior. OK, I don't want to I don't want to be in the position of defending him, but I, I do want to make sure we're talking about the actual facts. So felony charges is technically correct. However. One of the charges was for drugs that turned out not to be drugs. So, in fact, he is guilty of a felony charge, which was stealing an iPad from somebody's car and then being immediately caught. And so, not his first rodeo. Between yeah, it was his first rodeo. No, it's not his first rodeo. Well, in terms of our office, I I think the report talks about him doing something as a as a as a minor, but um, that's that's dealt with in a different. On a different level, okay. Um, you know, if if the kid's a uh, was the a juvenile, news, you know, if, you, if you're a juvenile, you get, you know, I don't know what happened to him as he, when he was a juvenile, but in terms of his first uh, felony charges as an adult, it was that, it was that, and then he's then before that even gets settled up, he does his grabbing and slapping and talking, you know, uh, offensively to the to the to the girls. So that is all that was all dealt with in one at one time one. He had one uh, plea for that, right. and that's when he. It was when he got arrested for um, the slapping and the grabbing. He ended up because there was two things we knew at that point. Hey, listen, you're going to spend some time behind bars, and so he does spend time behind uh, bars at the Valley Street Jail. He spent uh, 217 two, days, okay, according to the article. So that's, but that was awaiting trial. And what's the trial? Yes came and, and no. Went, I mean, it was time we, served. Yes and no. I mean, it was it. He, it was the discussion between the prosecutor and the defense that said, we know he's going to spend time behind bars. You can let him do it, start doing it now, or you know, we can, if he gets out, we're going to be looking to send him back. All right. So, yeah. yeah, you're right, but you've got to remember that you know, there's talking going on. And so there's, he's staying there, not just because he can't get bail, but because he doesn't fight what, what we're trying to push. All right. And therefore, he gets to well, stay. Well, I've, I've done kind of a poor job setting up this interview. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the remaining time in this segment. I'm going to read the news article that we're all referring to so I can clue in the audience. I've got oh. people saying, what are you talking about? Oh, geez, well, see Sorry, that's my bad. <laughs> um, I get sidetracked trying to learn how the office interacts with ICE because this whole talk about, well, you know, we're not we're not supposed to do federal, you know, enforce federal laws. What, really, I can't think of a federal law that a local cop uh, wouldn't uh, you know arrest somebody for except immigration? Well, if we try to uh, push an immigration issue in our court, they would say, you know, why are you doing this? You don't have no. The authority. It's not, but it's we, not a matter of pushing the uh, no, the no. Issue but we don't court. have it's the a matter of not- It's a matter of notifying. We'll notify. Yeah, you know, the idea that we're not supposed to ask anybody what their immigration status is when we pull them over for running a red light. Um, you know, I, I don't know how to react to that. But let me. So let me read the right. article, and, and that's a different story. Yeah. So January 26th, a cold Tuesday morning as hundreds of students walked to Manchester Central High School. Once inside, several upset girls told their teachers that a young man had approached them and asked them about sex. Ahmed Abukar, who was 19 at the time, told the girls to come with him. He told one he had a gun. He spoke in crude terms about his anatomy to another. 
He touched them on their rear ends. With a description in hand, police quickly picked up Abacar. A search found what police believed was heroin and marijuana in his pockets. Eventually, 12 girls uh, and women ranging in ages from 15 to 28 said Abukar had touched them, followed them, made inappropriate comments. Prosecutors brought 24 criminal charges, one of misdemeanor sexual assault and one of misdemeanor stalking of each victim. Given the context, girls on their way to school accosted by a drug user while free on bail for other crimes, you'd expect that Abukar would be in big trouble. But Abukar's world, in Abukar's world, you can plead guilty and get off with 216 days you spent in jail awaiting trial. You avoid landing on the sexual offender registry. You don't follow your probation orders. You avoid deportation. And you live with your mom and don't hold a job, according to the applications he has filed over the years with public defenders and court-appointed lawyers. Quote, we're trying to, uh, uh, <clears throat> we're trying to do... With his sentence, what we're trying to do with his sentence is give him a path forward to good behavior while keeping a short leash uh, on him, said Hillsborough County Attorney Dennis Hogan. The sentence, which also calls for three years of probation as a psychosexual group counsel in psychosexual group counseling, uh, was imposed in August 2016. Abukar was in court two weeks ago when a judge clarified that he does not have to register as a sex offender. The judge also jailed him for about a month because he wasn't showing up for psychosexual counseling. I tried to reach Abukar this week, but he is at the Valley Street Jail until uh, today on the probation violation. My first question to him, what kind of guest acts like this? Abukar lives in the United States, either as an immigrant or refugee. I don't know which because uh, federal officials don't readily discuss someone's immigration status, which in my opinion should be public record. But according to court sure. records, Immigration and Customs Enforcement took Abukar into custody in late 2016. He remained in ICE custody for about seven months and was released this past July. ICE won't explain why he was in their custody. But in general, immigrants and refugees can end up spending, uh, getting deported if they are convicted of serious crimes. If the crimes aren't really serious, they obtain waivers that allow them to remain in the United States. This is uh, the most that ICE spokesman Sean Natterer uh, would uh, said about Abacar, quote, this individual was granted an immigration benefit recently and is presently no longer subject to removal proceedings. It's not hard to connect the dots here. Abukar has been uh, has already been convicted in connection to the Central High School girls or had already been convicted in connection to the Central High School girls when ICE grabbed him. ICE seemed to take it seriously enough to jail him and try to get him deported. Obviously, it wasn't good enough and Abukar was released. Hogan said his office was not asked to weigh in on any immigration hearing regarding Abukar, nor did prosecutors take his immigration status into account when they worked out a plea deal. Here's a brief rundown of the other standouts in Abukar's records. He faced felony theft charges for allegedly stealing an iPhone and iPad from a parked car in August 2015. A year later, prosecutors dropped the felony charge as part of the plea bargain involving the central assaults. The a judge dismissed another felony, possession of two packages of counterfeit cocaine after prosecutors didn't bring an indictment within 90, the, a 90-day deadline. And oh. that's just so I can stop you. That was because it was returned from the lab as not felony, uh, not a heroin or whatever it was we thought it was originally. Right. Well, Hogan said the, uh, the, the uh, uh, cocaine turned out to be counterfeit, so he let the charge expire funny when police arrested Abukar for the central girls assault they he had counterfeit heroin in his possession and the drug charge was dropped looks like if Abukar likes carrying around small amounts of powder in plastic bags 
From 2013 to 16, Abukar had been arrested on several misdemeanor charges, only to see them later dropped or end in a, a suspended sentences. They include fighting at Memorial High, shoplifting at the mall, threatening a supposed snitch, and using an alias, Ali Abdi, to pass himself off to police. He missed appointments for court-ordered drug counseling and sexual predator counseling. He's tested positive for marijuana. He's given probation officers a home address that doesn't exist. He has lived with his mother while she babysits. Despite a probation order, he stay away from kids. Hogan said prosecutors got what they thought was important in the plea bargain. That involved uh, the jail time and the short leash that included probation monitoring, counseling, and no contact with minors, Hogan said. As for the sex offender, uh, offender registry, experts thought that the registry would not aid in his rehabilitation, Hogan said. Rehabilitation is part of almost all sentences as is punishment, he said. Recently, I've written a lot of stories. Blah, blah, blah. So that's, right. that's, that's the thrust of the article. When we come back, Dennis Hogan will uh, address the substance of the article now that I, your humble host, have finally <laughs> laid it out. Uh, sometimes you jump in with both feet and you forget to check if there's water in the pool. Quick break. Stay with us. 